The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. This episode may contain content of a graphic nature. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, everybody, and welcome back. I'm Nikki. And I'm Mariah. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Body to Burial. Welcome back. Are you ready for... I know. We're back. We're back at it. In case you had any doubt, we're here again. We've shown up. (laughs) Are you ready? Yeah. Who are we talking to? I think... This will be one that will, you're going to be, you know, very pivotal in this week's episode. You're going to have a lot of thoughts, opinions, questions, because I feel like you can relate to this one. Um, Okay. And I'm very pumped about this one because I actually just watched a movie. Yes. Another movie reference about this profession. Okay. I'm going to tell you the movie and we'll see if you can guess who we're talking to. Okay, tell me so, the movie. I love the movie, charades. I know. It's, well, you don't get to see me. You can't see me. So you're just going to have to voice charades it. Okay. More like, well, I guess it's more like what? Catchphrase? Catchphrase. Um, here we yeah, go. Would catchphrase it. My girl. Mm, okay. My girl. Love it's that movie. Really only two choices. Well, maybe three choices. Okay. I'm going with um, uh, the Jamie Lee Curtis uh, because I feel like you said that I could relate to it. I can't relate to a uh, an embalmer or a funeral director. So I'm going with, oh, there you go. <laughs> so I'm going with Jamie Lee Curtis. I mean, this now kind of feels more like who wants to be a millionaire. So I guess I'll ask you, is that your final answer? That's my final answer. Yeah, you are correct. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Thank you. Amazing. Because I would be a little concerned if you were going to say the other one, I'd be like, do you not know me at all? <laughs> Yeah, fair, fair, fair. Yeah, so mortuary makeup is where we're headed today. Ooh, I, you know, yes. I've been dying to talk to someone about this. I know. So today's guest, her name is India, and okay. she's going to be walking us through mortuary makeup. Ooh. Now, we're not getting into, just so everyone knows up front, we're not getting too much into like reconstruction and reconstructive kind of processes. We're strictly talking makeup applications, pretty straightforward ones and how that works. And so I think that you, you really do relate to that because for those of you who don't know, Nikki has done special effects makeup. So she has all these little tips and tricks and things that you know how to do. So I feel like you guys are going to, I mean, obviously you're doing them on living people, mm. but I feel like there might be some crossover in products or technique that could be kind of cool. So excited. Yeah. Cause I want to know about product. Is it just normal product? Is it mortuary makeup product? You know, right. Like, is it my question. stuff that I have in my, you know, makeup drawer? Exactly. Ooh, this is exciting. Right. And then I always think like, do people bring the makeup or do you just use what you have? You know, like, it's like the same thing. Like when you get your makeup done, it's like, am I going to bring you my product or do you like to use what you have already? You know, yeah, some people do. It's it's personal preference. So I wonder if that, if regular makeup works on that type of skin. Yeah. I don't know. Cause it's like, there's like the temperature aspect, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, Ooh. see so many questions. 
See, you don't even do makeup and you got questions. I've got a couple. I, yeah. I expect I expect this will be a very Mariah quiet episode, <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see if some things come to my brain. Yeah, you might trickle in there. Oh, I'm excited. Okay, cool. Okay, well, let, let's grab her. India, can you hear us? I can. Yay. I'm so happy when technology works the way it's supposed to. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Awesome. Well, thank you for taking the time this afternoon to speak with Nikki and I. So we're here to talk about mortuary makeup. Tell us, how did you get into doing that? So honestly, it it all started from, I guess, my own disappointment. Like, you know, you see loved ones when you go to attend their celebrations and you're like, they just don't look like themselves. Like, what well, could have been done differently? And I was already a makeup artist. So, I, you know, I did makeup for the living, of course. I was just like, I wonder if this is something that, you know, I could do better. I guess my thought process is what would have happened if I would have done their makeup? However, my fear of death, like, kept me from even <laughs> trying to inquire about it. Absolutely. <laughs> that is a legitimate fear. Exactly. So years ago, I was doing a lady's makeup, one of my living clients. And um, like out of nowhere, she said, God is going to take your biggest fear and he's going to make it your purpose. And I'm thinking to myself, there are two things that I am terrified of. And that's the dead and the dark. I don't (laughs) see how God's going to do any of this. But, you know, I was just like, okay, (laughs) you know, like, "Hmm, I wonder what it's going to be. And then I just kept thinking about it, though. Like, I just kept thinking about it. I'm like, I want to try this. And it was almost as if the fear had begun to leave. Like, I didn't get that that scary feeling, you know, at the thought of it anymore or the butterflies in the stomach. I'm like, okay, should I move on this, like, now? Because the feeling is different. And so I was talking to another client, and I said, I really want to just try doing makeup on the deceased. And she said, I have a friend that owns a funeral home. And I'm like, oh, okay, maybe I spoke too soon. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) And she said, "Um, I'm going to call him right now. And I said, okay. This was a Monday night. And his first response was, can't she come to the funeral home Friday? This was in 2017. I went to the funeral home that Friday. This is my first time ever doing it, but tell him I'm coming. Like I'm there, I'm going to go. And I was like, I'm just going to try it. I'm, I'm just going to give it a try. And I did it. And he came, he looked and he said, I've never seen anyone look like this. And I've been at that funeral home since then in 2017. So that's how I got my start. Okay. And yeah, we have to back up a second because I need to understand what you were thinking as you were driving to the funeral home for the first time, because I'm hearing you say it and my hands are getting sweaty. I'm stressing about it. So what was that drive like? So leading up to the drive, I honestly, I called everyone that I could think of to ask if they wanted to go with me. And everybody (laughs) was like, no, no. (laughs) So the friend who actually made the connection, I I called her and I'm like, listen, you have to go. Like you, you you have to go. And so I used the excuse. I'm like, you got to introduce me to, to, his name is um, Bobby, the guy who owns the funeral home. I'm like, you got to introduce me to Bobby. Like it's only right. But I really wanted her to go because I was afraid to go by myself. Just not knowing what to expect. Like how would the room look? Would I be in there by myself? Would there be other, you know, bodies in the room as well? Like I had so many questions going on through my head. 
And I think growing up, we have this perception of death, or at least I did. And it seemed to me, everyone that worked in that industry were older and they were just kind of creepy looking, if we could be honest. <laughs> yeah. And probably mostly males, right? There weren't a lot of women yes. when this started. Right. And so I already had this thought of it and this thought of everyone that worked in the industry. So I just had so many unanswered questions. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't even know how the funeral home was going to look because most of them that I would pass by and see is like, oh, it's a little old building. Like, oh, you know. Got to so when we got there, it was totally different. Walked in, very modern decor, chandeliers. Like, I'm like, wait a minute, this is not what I expected. Got there, he already had her dressed and casketed, and he had moved the casket into the chapel because they have a chapel part of the funeral home. So it was wide open, bright light. So instantly, I just kind of felt relieved. Like, okay. There's no reason to be scared. I'm not in this closed off room by myself. And as I walked up to approach the casket before I began, I literally felt a peace come over me that I cannot explain. Really? And I was just, yes, it was like one of the most peaceful moments that I had encountered. And I'm like, I know this is just God answering my prayers. Cause that's all I kept saying. Like, whatever happens, I don't want to be scared. I don't want to be spooked. And i honestly believe because of that experience being so peaceful that's what kind of drove or pushed me to want to keep doing it because had that first experience been bad I probably would have never gone back ever oh yeah yeah absolutely that makes sense and so after years of doing it and being around it I actually just graduated from mortuary school myself in June of last year so I'm actually a mortician now as well amazing congrats Thank you. Thank so your you. life just changed around just from that one quick five days. That yes, it, I mean, quick, that quick turnaround. I'm so happy we're talking to you because I've always wondered about products and things like that on a deceased person, as opposed to makeup that you use on the living and, you know, heat and cold and all that type of stuff. And do you do their hair too? Or is a separate person come in for that? I have so many questions. So I guess I will start with what kind of products do you use? Well, hold on. I'm going to, I'm going to back you up a second, Nikki. Okay. Why back don't we, yeah, I'm going to back <laughs> you up. Why don't we start with what's the process? So okay. you get a phone call from a funeral home and then you come in and do you meet with the family members yourself or did they meet with Bobby, and then he relays that to you? Like, how does the process work before leading up to you starting? So Bobby or whichever funeral director whose case it is, they speak with the family, they meet with the family, they discuss their needs or their requests, like if they want something natural, if the person was or was not a makeup wearer, if they have a particular lip color that, you know, that they were accustomed to seeing them wearing, I always tell them, find that information out for me and then try to get me about five to six photos of the person because my goal is to make them look the way they looked when they were living opposed to matching the color once they've already passed away so they already have that conversation prior to me getting there and they have this information for me when I arrive so do you do their makeup always with them already placed in the casket or I'm picturing like my girl because that's my oh only my god reference. yes so Me hard. Too. Okay, good. Nikki and I like movie references. So I'm picturing 
Jamie Lee Curtis downstairs working on the like what looks like an autopsy table, like a metal table. So are they in the casket or sometimes both or where are they when you are doing So both. It depends on the timing. It depends on the lineup for the week, like how busy we are and where they are in the dressing process. What is the dressing process? So if let's say our funeral home has four services planned for this Saturday, and if I go on Thursday, then they typically will dress them in the order that the family will come in for that first initial viewing. Because all of our embalming is done offsite. So if the embalming facility has already returned the deceased back to the funeral home and they've started to dress them already, then I may get there and there may be one or two already dressed, casketed, and then they're just waiting on me to do hair and makeup. Then there are some instances where they're not dressed yet. And it just also depends on my timing. So if I'm not, you know, in and out or in a rush to, to go, maybe I have to go to another funeral home or do something else, then I can wait for them to dress and casket and then I can finish up. But if not, then once I finish the two that's already dressed and casketed, if they're not done with them, hey, I'm going to go in the exam room or the prep room and I'll knock out the last two. And they will be on the metal table that you're speaking about, head still on like the little styrofoam block to hold it up. So I do it both ways. My preference is to have them dressed and casketed. If I'm going to a funeral home that I'm not familiar with or that is not the funeral home where I work at, then I will request it. I typically ask, hey, is it possible to have them already dressed and casketed before I arrive? That is always my first request. To me, it's just a little easier. One, because once I do the makeup or even if I have to do the hair, I prefer them to not be moved again. Mistakes happen or mishap does happen. And I had one that was kind of flipped a little bit going into it. So I had to go back and touch up. So I would prefer them to kind of be already in their final position before I arrive. So we don't have to worry about a lot of transferring after the fact. I have a quick question with that. So if you do someone on a Thursday, their viewing isn't till Saturday, their makeup and their hair just stays like as if you did it on Thursday, there's no touching up before they go in. So correct. It does last. So if I do it on Thursday, typically the family first viewing is always on Friday before the service. The family is always going to come in a day before the actual service. And it is a case-by-case basis. So I'll let you guys know over the years, I've been taking case studies because I noticed depending on the cause of death, depending on if they've had any chemo radiation or depending on the medication, sometimes the reaction to the cosmetics are different. And I've noticed over the years, typically with cancer patients, their skin absorbs the makeup way more than a typical case. Really? So, yes. I yes. wonder why that is. I have not found out the scientific reasoning behind it, but I've noticed over time, I would do them on a Thursday and then... Friday morning, the funeral home would call me back and like, hey, all of her makeup is gone. So then I begin to ask questions, hey, what was the cause of death for this person? And then I would take notes on it. And I've noticed mostly cancer patients, for whatever reason, their body absorbs the makeup. Eyeshadow, foundation, everything. Everything. Mainly foundation, though. It just soaks it up. How crazy is that? That's so weird. I wonder what that is. That'd be interesting to find out what that really is. I asked the teacher that was teaching us the actual embalming process. And he said, maybe just the chemicals from the medication. That's the only thing I could think. 
because I had questions about it because I'm like, that is so weird, but that's been the trend that I've come in contact with. And the makeup that you use is, are you using mortuary makeup? Are you using some mortuary makeup and some cosmetics? It depends on the case. And I'll tell you why I started to do that. Because I have tried several different brands of mortuary makeup. And to me personally, and this is my eye, my opinion, they set with an ash or a greenish cast. I don't care how well it looks when you first do it, when it's set, it just always leaves like this almost grayish, ashy look to it. And so I started experimenting. So I've done cases with just your everyday cosmetics. And my two go-tos is Black Opal. They have found cream foundation sticks. That's one of them. And then Krylon, which is a more theatrical makeup. Yeah. I use them as well. Okay. Cause that's really thick. It's like a uh-huh. thicker. Very opaque. Yes. Yeah. But it still leaves a very natural color and finish on the skin. I was thinking it can't just be like a Mac. Mac would be, I would assume so thin on skin because what is the skin tone of people when you're putting on the makeup? Like the skin tone doesn't have any red anymore. I'm assuming, but am I wrong? I don't know. It depends. It depends on the embalming because you can actually color correct from the inside So embalming fluid comes in colors. A lot of people don't know that, but there's tones and colors and shades for embalming fluid. So if you have a great embalmer and they help you by, you know, starting the the process of the color correcting during the embalming step or the embalming phase, it makes it, it, it gives a more natural finish even before you put on makeup. So that's your first, you know, attack to the discoloration or to color correcting. You can do it from the embalming process. Then prior to the makeup, there's a product called Glow Tint, and it comes in several shades, but they're all red or warm based. And it's a liquid that you brush on and you let it sit and dry and absorb in the skin. And it brings that warmth back, that redness that you're asking about, that Glow Tint brings that back to the skin. So you can prep. It's almost like a primer, but yeah, you can prime or prep with that before the makeup application. Oh, this is so fascinating because I'm picturing myself like how you started because I'm only picturing doing it on the living and you know how to correct things that, you know, like yellows and you need to put a blue to fix this color and things like that. I'm very fascinated by this whole thing. And then their hair, you do their hair as well? I do their hair as well. Of course, you have some where you would style their natural hair if the family is requesting that or then you have some where the family is requesting that a wig be placed on. So then the styling will be done to the wig. And then if we put the wig on, yeah. So when you style their hair, if they don't want the wig, are you wetting it, shampooing it, and then blow drying it? Yes, ma'am. Shampoo. I have shampooed. I have blow dried. I have colored. I have relaxed. I have done it all. (laughs) Yeah. Cause I actually, I have clients that have asked me, will you do my hair when I pass away? And it always because I know them on such a personal level, I don't think I would be scared. I would be sad, but I don't know if I would be scared, but I don't know. I mean, it's never happened yet, but they've, I've had people ask me and I never said no, because I love them. You know what I mean? Like, I'm never going to say no, but I'm thinking 
realistically, how am I going to do that? You know, how do you do someone's hair that I'm used to doing it to them while they're alive? Like, how do you do their hair color wise or styling wise? But you just do it the same way, right? Do it the same way. Of course, you're going to need assistance because you're going to have to position them for the shampooing or the rinsing out. You know, someone's going to have to help you and help you position the body and make sure the table is raised up high enough because you have to have the water drain and things of that sort. But it's basically the same thing. Now with applying wigs, the new thing is the lace front wigs. And I try to explain there's really no purpose in going out and purchasing a lace front because honestly, the adhesive isn't going to stick. There's no body temperature. It's not going to stick like it would normally. I mean, unless they have one that they've been wearing and they just want to reapply it, then fine. But I don't recommend going to purchase one just for the sake because it's not going to be the same. Could you hide, because it won't stick, could you hide the seam on those? Not as as well as you can when they're living. Uh, I've used some spray adhesive and it holds enough for the occasion or to get by, but it's not the same as if like someone was living and you would apply the adhesive or the glue that's used typically because that's not going to work. Same thing with eyelashes. Your typical lash glue is not going to stick. So I use super glue instead. I was just going to ask you that if people do a lashes and that's because of the heat. There's no heat. That's correct. There's no heat. Yes. How long does that take you when someone comes? I was going to say sit in your chair <laughs> when someone comes. <laughs> the same thing when you start someone to finishing them how long is that process makeup is about 45 minutes to an hour it also depends on the severity of the case like if there's some reconstruction that has to be done then of course that's longer but just the actual beauty application itself if there's no reconstruction about 45 minutes to an hour hair about the same just depending on what you're doing typically if you're just doing a quick blow dry and style Same thing, about 45 minutes to an hour. It's got to feel so good once they're done and the family sees them and how happy they are. That's got to be the best part of the whole thing. That's the reward. I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to go back to reference when you said your living clients asking you. I was going to say it's easier when you know the person. A lot of people think it's harder because this is someone that you love or someone that you're close to. But honestly, it's easier. Because like you said, you're not as afraid because you were not afraid of that person while they were living. You're familiar with that person from when they were living. So there's really no fear. You're comfortable being there with them. So to me, it's easier when I know the person, but the reward is completely at the end when the family comes in. I think that's what continues to, to push me and to give me the motivation to do it. I feel like I'm able to use something that I love, which is doing makeup, my skill, And I feel that God has really chosen that to be my purpose. Like uh, this reward is bigger than any reward that I could ask for. Just knowing that they are happy, that they see their loved ones for the last time and they look amazing and they're so pleased. Yeah. For a person who knows how to do makeup and hair instead of, I've only been to one open casket viewing and it didn't look like them. And it just made me sad for a second because I had a moment, which I felt so guilty on was I was a little bit scared and I hated to even feel that way because this was my friend's dad and I just felt terrible for even feeling that for a half second but it he didn't look he looked a little bit on the scarier side and I felt Mm -hmm. so bad for her and the family and I kept thinking 
oh, I wish that he could have looked different. But when you have someone that knows what they're doing, it's got to feel amazing for those families. Yeah, I agree. My recommendation or my advice to anyone that that wants to be in this field or that wants to do makeup, always match them from a picture from when they were living. I think one of the biggest mistakes is that, again, if it's not a makeup artist or, you know, it's just a funeral director or a mortician that's just doing this as part of, you know, their job, they tend to match the foundation to the color that the person is that they're looking at right then. And that's where the difference comes. Yeah, typically you do match your foundation to your client's color that they are sitting in your chair. But in this situation, it's a little different because they may have darkened, you know, because of their illness. They may have darkened depending on how long it's been since they passed away, if they were optopsied or not, how long they were open. Like all of those things play a part in the discoloration or the changing of the color. So that's why I always ask for pictures. And my goal is to match them to the picture, not so much to what I'm looking at right now, because this may not have been their true color. Yeah, that makes sense. And that's what the family is expecting to see is the picture. And at mortuary school, are they teaching any of the makeup and hair application? So you're in the lab for reconstruction for five days. And the beauty side or what they consider the cosmetic side is literally an hour, hour and a half, your last day. It's almost like once you finish rebuilding your face out of wax, if you have time, then yeah, you can put some cosmetics on it. It's not a focus. Yeah, it's not a focus at all. Something that I am working on, ultimately, I would love to write a curriculum and maybe even pitch it to the schools because it's so important. And I think that it should be implemented. I really feel that it should be implemented in the learning process because it's, to me, it's one of the most important aspects of the industry. That's the first question that people ask. How did they look? Did they look like themselves? So I really want to be an advocate for pushing the importance of having makeup or makeup artists in the industry. So- yeah, I'm, I'm really shocked that it's not. That actually does blow my mind. Do a lot of people in your position, do they have their cosmetology license and then go into this kind of like you did? Probably so. For, for hair anyway. Um, for makeup, because we are in Texas, there's no license required to do professional makeup in Texas. I have a cosmetology license only because I went to cosmetology school while I was in high school many years ago. So if you have any makeup artist that's interested, it's kind of like me. They just found that interest and, and start to explore it. But honestly, it's not very big. Even in the funeral industry, it's almost hard to even convince funeral homes that they need it because funeral directors or morticians were the ones doing it all from the time they began working. So they don't really see the value in it. They've been getting business for years and this has worked for them. One of my biggest pitches when I go and try to talk to them to get new business or to make them understand, I'm like, you know, it's not taught in the schools. You guys haven't taken a refreshers course. And unfortunately, we have more millennials and younger people that passing away. And 
they don't want their loved ones looking dead. I mean, for <laughs> lack of better words, but they don't want them looking dead. Yeah, and exactly. So that's my pitch. Or even if it's my parents that's passing away, I don't want to see my mom looking like this. I want her to look the way I remember her looking. So that's one of my pitches when I go to talk to them to bring them on board and it's like, hey, you know, just put me on your on your call list if a family requests a makeup artist then reach out to me and once they see me do it one time then it's like okay now I have them sold on it kind of going back to historically how this has always been done it's been done by a funeral director and I kind of like age and gender stereotyping here but my assumption is that like a 50 year old man doesn't know uh-huh. how to do makeup on a woman in her 30s. So were they not really taking into account truly what this person looked like in their real life? And they're just trying to smooth it out a little bit so it doesn't look right. That's gray. exactly what they're doing. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what they're doing. And so having the makeup artist, I mean, you could do wing right. liner. Like it's more custom to who that person was. Yes, absolutely. And I've been called by families who've gone into the funeral home to view their loved one and were not pleased. They were disappointed. And I've been called to go and fix it. And it's for that reason. When you go to fix it, are you removing what that funeral home has done? And then you just start from scratch or you're building on what was already there? I typically remove. Do you have to use something special for that? Because I imagine you're not using like a Neutrogena face wipe i use alcohol alcohol and a towel yes alcohol is the it, it brings it up the easiest it's so interesting how how absorbent like a sponge that the skin is yeah the embalming plays a big part in that as well in the timing or in the order of how they do it so you have some that will embalm immediately and then refrigerate and typically in those cases they embalm harder because they're thinking they got to preserve it for longer. But then you have some, if they refrigerate immediately and then do the embalming the day before they start the dressing or even the morning before they start the dressing and the casketing, then you only have to preserve for a day or two because that's typically on a Thursday. The service is on Saturday. You only need to preserve for those two days. So you don't have to embalm as hard and you'll get a more natural finish. Like you could typically have them soft to touch because you're not trying to preserve for a long period of time. You just brought up another question in my head with refrigeration. When you're applying the makeup, do you need to give some, I don't even want to say thaw out because that's not the word, but it's- You do, but that's true. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, So again- if they refrigerate first, then they'll sit them out. Then they'll do their embalming. They'll bring them to us either that Thursday morning, sometimes that Wednesday afternoon. They're still in a air-conditioned like, exam or prep room, but they're no longer in refrigeration. And we do that because just like a bottle, like if you have a frozen bottle, you know how the bottle sweats? Yes. So when it's thawing out, the body does the same thing. So you want it to sweat. You want that to get out. So that you can then dry it before you begin the cosmetizing and the dressing and everything. So you're correct. Yes, you do have to thaw it out. Well, let's just segue to a couple fun questions and we'll let India get on with her afternoon. Okay, perfect. So mine, India, is if you were to pick your last meal, what would it be? Um, Probably a a crunchy taco. I I can eat crunchy tacos (laughs) every day. 
I don't care where they come from. I just want crunchy taco. Like yeah. a chicken taco? Beef? No, what I'm kind? allergic to chicken. I'm allergic oh, to chicken. Okay. So okay. This but um, a beef, crunchy taco, lettuce, cheese, and sour cream. No tomatoes. I don't eat tomatoes. I love it. But, yeah. I love it. That's my favorite. Mine is definitely going to be Mexican. I want like crispy chicken tacos, chips and salsa. I want a margarita. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> love it. I always like to ask everybody, what is something that you collect? I makeup? collect Starbucks cups. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, fun. Like the little yes. like place ones or all of them the tumblers the coffee mugs I have a collection of over maybe 250 to 300 Starbucks cups oh, oh my, my god. god that is a robust collection yes 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 when they come out on release day like honestly it's nothing for me to purchase nine to 15 cups at a time <laughs> like I what? mean Three, four, five hundred dollars in a day. Yes. Where, oh my god! You're like my aunt. <laughs> my aunt does yeah. the same thing. Anywhere I visit, I have to get her a uh, Starbucks. Their, um, yeah, yeah, like that, the, the collection bin. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay, but wait yeah. a second. Where are all these mugs at? Um, I have officially probably ran out of space, but no. <laughs> there are one, two, three, four, five. So currently. Six cabinets in my kitchen are full. Oh my God. There's two shelves in the pantry. And then there's some bags in the laundry room that I don't have space for right now. So, do you yeah. use them? Like you, you drink I do not. Them? No, I do not. <laughs> so you <laughs> need to build yourself like shelving, just like display shelving. That That's what I, I think I want to do. The thing is though, I, I don't want anyone to see them. I feel like like when people see them, because that's the first thing they're like, oh, I'm gonna use. And I'm like, no, you're not gonna use one. Like I don't, I don't drink out of them. Like, no. So um, but yeah, that's that's my thing. How and why on that? That's such an interesting collection to me. I had a friend that came over one, and this was years, many years ago. Um, so it's been over the years, but she had a cup, a Starbucks cup, and it was so cute. I'm like, oh, this cup is so cute. And she was like, Oh, it's a Starbucks cup. Well, at the time, you used to be able to go to their website and you could order cups, but now you can't do it. They don't even sell them on their website anymore. So, um, but I started just by, she had a cup that I thought was cute. I placed that first order and then it just got out of hand after that because the collections are regional. So I have people like in different states. I'm like, hey, can you go check for this and mail it to me? Hey, can you, like, I have everybody on the search. I'll post on my Instagram and my stories. You know, if you see this, let me know. I'll cash app you. You can mail it to me. It's crazy. I love it. What a yeah. fun hobby. It reminds me of my girlfriend who got, like, when Ray Dunn started and they had all the crazy mugs with the different sayings, she would scour, like, drive hours to different marshals and tj maxx's to get these coffee cups that's funny i've heard of collecting and that is next level that's fantastic i'll have to email a little video that i had taken one time i had them all the ones that could fit had them on my island and i was trying to categorize them in the cabinets by like the type that they were i'll have to email i'll have to email you guys the video. yeah i want to see that I do. I will. I want to see I it. will. I will. This was so much fun, India, and you are such a pleasure. Thank you again Thank for you. taking the time. It was 
delightful. I appreciate the opportunity so much. I could talk about it all day, every day. Such a joy for me. So thank you so much for allowing me to be on your podcast and to just get this information out. Of course, we love it. Yes, thank you so much. You guys think of anything else that you want answered, just send me an email. Okay. And I'll, okay. Well, yeah. Enjoy your day. Awesome, thank you. All righty, bye-bye. Okay, see, I told you that you and her were going to jive like, you know, peanut butter and jelly and that you guys were going to have so much to talk about. Right? No, so interesting. I like that she does the hair too. That's so, I love that. That's cool. Yeah, it is nice. I mean, I always forget about that, like the hair component. Oh, yeah. I really did. I just didn't even think about it truthfully. And just like my girl. I I mean, it's the same. Yeah. It's the same. Although, can we just say how old I think we made our, (laughs) I made myself feel because I think she's too young for that movie. Bless her. Um, I kind of, I kind of thought so too. I don't want to be like, how old are you? Have you never seen my girl? But But she definitely wasn't like, oh yeah, Vera. Yeah, just like it. She's probably like, WTF is that? She's probably got off and Googled it. And I hope she watches it. So India, if you're listening, please watch it. It really is so good. (laughs) Oh God, I love that movie. Or she could be like Will and he's a full-fledged adult and he still has never seen anything. So I mean, that's fair. He's very lacking in his... 80s early 90s movie um kills me exposure so that's fair too so it kills either either scenario india whichever it is highly recommend it so awesome classic it's a classic classic well you know this is a job that i that would be for me i mean i don't know if it could be my full-time job but like i said i could you if my client need my clients need the services I so are you going to update that on your website? <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> you offer that? No. I, I mean, the ones that have asked me and the ones that I completely love, like, I like, you know, I'm going to be You'll do it? To- you really yeah. will do it? You'll go to the funeral home? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my because gosh, I love them. I love them. Okay. Okay. But all my clients, I don't do new people. So it's everybody that I've done. And if it is new people, it's people that are connected to someone that I do that I've been doing for like 20 plus years. So... I I mean, this is a relationship. I'm not going to do like a call in, you know, Hey, we got Sandy. I'm like, I don't know, Sandy. Sure. So, you know, if I've got my regular and my person that I've, I've had a relationship all these years and I'm going to go to your funeral anyways, whether I do it or not. Yeah. So yeah, that's fair. Okay. Okay. I can see that. I mean, I don't know if I could pull myself together to do the whole thing because I might be upset. And I don't know if I've done, I I mean, I'd have to do a couple trial runs for the makeup just in case I'm not going to get you right the first time, you know, but see, but can you do that? Because the skin is, I don't uh, see, like, do you get more than one trial? I think it's like a one and done. No, I don't know. Like a wedding trial. Like maybe we'll come back again. Yeah. See, I don't know that that can happen. I don't know. I'll do their hair 100% for sure. I'll, I'll, I'll make a stab at the makeup. I don't know. I mean, product wise, plus I'd have to get all new makeups because I'm not going to like obviously reuse my own so there's a lot of factors so if you give me your makeup kit I'll give it a stab but for your hair for sure okay okay yeah so we'll see this is probably a no for you 
this is a no for me, but I can't even do my own makeup. So this would be super intimidating to me on so many levels. Mm. This is a definite no for me. Yeah, this is a definite yes for me. Uh, But if I know you and you're my longstanding client, that's it. That's my role. Okay. Well, what about me? Cause I'm not your client. Um, I would do it for you. Cause I like you and you're my friend. Okay. You're my good okay. friend. Okay. Just yeah. checking. Just checking. All right. Well, let's see what next week leads. Yeah. And Hey, if you have an occupation that you would like us to uh, interview and could be the episode for you, send us an email or contact us over any of our social media channels and we'll see what we can do. Um, to make that happen. Cause not only do I want to get guests that excite Nikki, but let's uh, try to get one of yours too. So send us your uh, requests and we'll see what we can do. Okay. Thanks guys. See you next week. Thank you so much for listening and supporting us. We do encourage you to follow us at Instagram at body to burial, hit us up on Twitter at body to burial, and you guessed it. You can send us an email to hello at body to If you have any guest suggestions, just let us know. Please hit the subscribe button or follow button on whatever app you are listening to. Thanks so much guys. See you next time.